LSU's defense on Saturday night at Mississippi State completely stuffed anything that Zach Arnett and quarterback Will Rogers wanted to do. And maybe more important than that, they did it from the jump. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, just a reminder, we also are on YouTube as well. So you can check us out on YouTube at Locked on LSU. Hit that subscribe button and you'll get notified as soon as Locked on LSU episodes drop. Well, I mean, look, I was a little bit concerned about this LSU defense following the game against Grambling because while the defense made adjustments and started quick, excuse me, made adjustments and, and, you know, kind of stopped what Grambling wanted to do once they made those adjustments, it was pretty smooth sailing. They stopped Grambling from, from scoring any points from there, but they also allowed Grambling you know, to give up a couple of hundred yards, 10 points. They got in field goal range once more. They just missed the field goal. So while the defense looked good in the later half of the game, I was concerned about how the defense looked like in the beginning of the game because I thought if you can give up over 100 rushing yards to Grambling, how many are you going to give up to Jaquavius Marks in this Mississippi State rushing attack? Well, not very many because that LSU defense looked unstoppable on Saturday in Starkville. I want to get into the defense, state of the union of the defense. But hey, today's edition of Locked in LSU is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off of your first purchase. I had a full breakdown of the offense. You can find that on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube as well. But this was one of those rare but special and important performances where LSU's offense is just as dominant as the defense and vice versa. We're on all in all three phases on both sides of the ball. LSU was clean, was crisp, was confident and came out with a certain swagger about them that I think we all were missing against Florida State. That's something that Brian Kelly mentioned. It was a competitive edge after that Florida State game. And I believe he even used the word swagger after the game against Mississippi State, that they just came out with a certain chip on their shoulder and almost like thirsty for blood. And it was just dominant from the very first Mississippi State snap. And just to put that into context, just how much more dominant they looked against Mississippi State than maybe they had in the previous two games, LSU had recorded one single sack in two games combined against Florida State and against Grambling. They had four, four sacks against Mississippi State. Harold Perkins recorded a sack. Like to see him kind of in a bunch of different looks. There were times that he dropped back in coverage. There were times where he was up a little bit closer at the line of scrimmage. Like Brian Kelly said after that Florida State game, we want to keep uh, offenses guessing where Harold Perkins is. You have to keep asking yourself, where's Perk? Where's Perk? I found myself asking that same exact question every single snap. I was like, okay, where's Harold Perkins? Where's Harold Perkins? So he recorded a sack, had a great day, consistently got pressure on the quarterback. Makai Wingo also was fantastic 
fantastic, is proving that he is living up to that first team all SEC kind of accolades and honors. Makai Wingo had a great day. Major Burns with a sack as well. He was in for Greg Brooks on Saturday, which we will get into the status of Greg Brooks and the latest and why he was not with the team against Mississippi State, and also Savion Jones. Everything that I've seen from Savion Jones, now that he's getting more opportunity, more looks, I have liked. So those were your four sacks on the day. But, you know, just those were just the, the sacks that showed up in uh, on, the, on the box score. I mean, Mississippi State couldn't do anything. Mississippi State could not get anything moving offensively. It was constant, constant pressure on the quarterback. Wherever the ball wanted to go, well, there were two and three LSU defenders right there to stop any more forward movement or to stop a reception completely. I want to say at the half, Will Rogers maybe completed two or three passes. Like there was a stat in the second quarter that showed that LSU was averaging over eight yards per attempt. On the other hand, Mississippi State was averaging 0.7 yards per attempt I mean like it was just night and day difference how much these offenses were able to get done I mean Will Rogers had absolutely zero time in the pocket Mississippi State punted on their first five possessions and four of those five possessions were three and outs I mean it felt like Mississippi State's offense was just never on the field because they were constantly going three and out and it was you know, Will Rogers just throwing it into the ground or Will Rogers just not being able to hit a receiver. When he did hit a receiver, that receiver couldn't come down with the football. I mean, this Mississippi State offense that we had all known as the air raid in the Mike Leach era, I mean, there was no, uh, Zach Arnett has completely deflated the air raid. And look, I think we all kind of expected, at least I expected, there to be a little bit of a learning curve here. You know, you're changing systems with a quarterback who has played in that former system for several years. And you're seeing those, those growing pains. You're seeing that, that, that tough period of a transition, but man, it was way worse than I expected it to be because there was a a certain fear of mine that there, that Zach Arnett's plan going into SEC play was, Hey, against, I forget who they played week one that escapes me. Um, And then against Arizona in your first two weeks that, Hey, we're just going to run, 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 run the heck out of the football. And that's what they did in their first two games. I mean, Jaquavius Marks, they're starting running back. They're they're RB1. hit over 100 rushing yards in both of those games alone. I mean, for a Mississippi State team, we're going to have to get used to that. Like, this is a change. This is different. But I thought there there was a little part of me that wondered, what does Zach Arnett have in his back pocket? Has he been saving some of this, this pass play film for SEC play? I was a little bit worried about that. Like, what kind of tricks were they going to pull out of the bag starting against LSU? And they weren't able to do any of that. I mean, Will Rogers could hardly complete a pass. Going into the half, I thought, I don't even know if I can recall a single completed pass from Will Rogers. So major, major credit to the LSU defense that wasn't letting this Mississippi State offense get anything done. And now look, they gave up a 52-yard run to Jaquavius Marks in the second half. They gave up a garbage time touchdown, you know, later in the fourth when the game was already done and LSU had already put it in some of their backups. So, you know, it wasn't a perfect day defensively, but you limit Mississippi State 
to three of 13 on third down. Crazy. Also, a, a, another side of that, when you can get off the field on third down, that allows your defense the time to rest and there's fresher for the rest of the game. So that's kind of a second layer to all of this is not just did you limit what Mississippi State could do offensively. You kept your defense fresh. They were able to rest, get out there, take care of business, get pressure on the quarterback, you know, stack the box, limit anything that Mississippi State wants to do, and then get off and let Jaden Daniels and Malik neighbors cook. And it worked. It absolutely worked. Um, 3.7 yards per pass on the day. And it was way worse in the first half. And it, you know, the game started to, to LSU started pulling away. They started to make some more, some bigger offensive plays, but clearly it did not affect the outcome. Mississippi State only had 10 first downs, only 10 to LSU's 26. So the offense was absolutely fantastic. And the offense was fantastic without Greg Brooks, which is what I want to get into. The offense was fantastic without Omar Spates, another thing that I want to get into. The other side of that as well is Mason Smith wasn't a massive contributor on Saturday. You know, he did his job. This defensive line as a whole did its job. Um, Mason Smith is going to take some time to get back to 100%, you know, game stopper playmaker that we expected him to be. He's just not quite there yet. He is only a little bit over a year removed from that ACL tear, and it takes time to get back to not just 100% healthy, but to 100% full form. So I'm not worried about Mason Smith. Uh, Overall, this defensive line as a whole, I don't know how you can step away from that game having any concerns defensively. Um, except the absences. So that's what I want to get into coming up next. Who was absent and why and who stepped up in their place? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets Win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. That's one of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is the user interface is incredibly easy to navigate. And there's a wide range of betting options. They've got spreads. They've got player props. They've got over-unders. They have promotions going on all the time. There's so much to bet on on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff. Live each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel including this one, Locked in LSU. Check it out. It's 10, a. it's 10 a.m. to noon Central Time, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and will go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. So find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live Every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, that's 10 a.m. to noon Central, on any Lockdown College YouTube channel, 
you will not want to miss it. We've always got great content on Fridays. The Locked On College hosts across the network are incredible, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you giving a a listen because even if you're an LSU fan, even if they're not highlighting LSU in the day, I promise you're going to learn something new about an SEC West foe or storylines going on across college football, so cannot recommend that enough. But overall, I mean, LSU's defense just – Give yourself a pat on the back. Take a bow because this this defense struggled early in the game against Grambling. And I'm thinking, oh, goodness gracious, this is going to be a long season. They made adjustments. They figured things out, but they were coming out firing on all cylinders from the jump against Mississippi State. Again, Mississippi State's first five possessions. Punt. Excuse me, not first five, but five of their first possessions. Punt, 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 punt. Four of those went three and out. So just uh, just a great day. Great day for LSU offensively and defensively and special teams. I mean, hey, there wasn't a special teams mistake. That's good. I will take it. I will absolutely take that. Like I said, I don't need special teams to be a strength. I just can't have special teams be a weakness. Um, but wanted to get into some updates, uh, player updates. First and foremost, Greg Brooks. So Greg Brooks did not make the trip to Arkansas. Um, obviously, it was out. Uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State. I've got Razorbacks on the mind. Um, Brian Kelly took the podium on Monday afternoon, and he announced that Greg Brooks would be out indefinitely and to not expect him against Arkansas. Now, Brian Kelly said that it is a, a family matter and is a medical emergency and has not gotten into more detail um, about that, whether it was a Monday press conference or after the game. That was really the extent of the information that Brian Kelly was willing to share. He said he wanted to provide the family their privacy. I understand that, and I respect that. First and foremost, I just I hope that everything's okay with Greg Brooks, with his family. I hope that whatever is keeping him away from the team is resolved quickly. As if you saw on LSU football's Twitter account after the game, Brian Kelly gave Greg Brooks the game ball um, so that they were going to give it back to him. They were going to give it to him once they got back to Baton Rouge. Um, the whole team cheered, was you know super excited for Greg Brooks. So that to me makes me feel like it's 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 not a good sign for Greg Brooks, whatever it might be. And I have no zero, I have zero inside information, but the team, you know, dedicating the game to Greg Brooks makes makes me nervous for what this might be just for Greg Brooks and his own sake. Um, so I hate to see that wish Greg Brooks, nothing but the best, but having not having Greg Brooks against Arkansas, you know, it's, it's going to hurt. We saw Andre Sam get a good bit of looks on, on Saturday in that safety position. We saw major Burns back out there again. Major Burns had a big day recorded a sack. We saw true freshman Ryan Yates get some opportunities out there as well. And I think the 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 moral of the day, or one of the probably not even secondary and not even tertiary storylines of the day, because the biggest storyline of the day is Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors. The biggest storyline of the day is this defense. The biggest storyline of the day is the fact that LSU just dominated Mississippi State in all phases through four quarters. We saw a lot of true freshmen get work on Saturday. I don't want that to get overlooked where Andre Sam and Ryan Yates got opportunities when Greg Brooks was not available. When Whit Weeks, true freshman, got opportunities when Omar Spates was injured and not available on Saturday. I thought it was an interesting decision to start 
Whit Weeks in that position over Wes Weeks, who has, what, two, three years of college football experience under his belt, but they decided to go for the true freshman in Whit Weeks, and Whit Weeks had a fantastic day. Now, I'm going to say this once and maybe not say it again, but just a disclaimer for everybody, I will get Whit and Wes mixed up. It's going to happen. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. We're all guilty of it. I'm so sorry to the the Weeks brothers. I hate it when my sister and I get mixed up. It's just, it's going to happen. West Weeks had uh, two tackles, um, two total tackles on the day, but it wasn't necessarily what he did in the box score. And that's what I want to reiterate about this defense as a whole. It's not just about what showed up in tackles or sacks. It was simply about the pressure. And West Weeks went out there. Whit Weeks went out there. I already did it. Already did it. Whit Weeks went out there, and he performed not like a uh, a true freshman. He went out there and didn't look like he was getting his first work, uh, his first college football experience in his career. He went out there and was poised and looked like a grown freaking man. Andre Sam. Ryan Yates, all, you know, of course there's there's room to grow there, but I think it's encouraging to me to see those freshmen not just get those opportunities in big games and big opportunities against an SEC West opponent, but also go out there and look pretty good doing it. Um, the other side of that is offensively, Caleb Jackson got some looks on Saturday as well. Um, Caleb Jackson, true freshman running back. He had two touchdowns in that scrimmage over the summer. And I thought, okay, all right, let's pay attention to this kid. Um, But when Brian Kelly was asked about Caleb Jackson last week after the Grambling game, how he talked about him made me think, oh, well, you know, that was just an opportunity for a true freshman because we were up 72 to 10 and we wanted to let our freshman get some work. But Caleb Jackson you know, took the opportunity and quite literally ran with it. I mean, Caleb Jackson had a, a viral moment in the second half, just absolutely obliterated a Mississippi State safety. Now, what we need to not do is obliterate a Mississippi State safety and then tower over him, like maybe just take off with the football. Um, but again, you're a true freshman. So, you know, those are kind of the, the learning curve moments. But Brian Kelly mentioned in his Monday press conference, he said, look, I have no problem starting true freshman. I just want to, I want to play the guys that give us the best opportunity to win. I want our best players out there. And I don't care if you're a six year senior or if you're a true freshman, if you give us the best opportunity to win, you are going to get those opportunities. Um, so I like to see that overall, just, just no complaints, no complaints. We'll keep an eye on Mason Smith moving forward. I, I truly am not going to let myself be nervous about Mason Smith quite yet. I think it's too early for that um, because it looks like the rest of this defensive line is taking care of the rest of the load. But coming up next, I mean, defense was just simply flawless. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, but coming up next, I want to switch to the other side of the ball. Uh, what I think might be a very, maybe a controversial decision by Brian Kelly toward the end of the game in Starkville. We'll get into that coming up next. First, I want to tell you about game time. So I know we've all been there where we're trying to get tickets to maybe a really big concert or a huge game. Like for example, I live in Nashville and Little Messi was here a few weeks ago and trying to get tickets to go to that Nashville SC game where Messi was in town, near impossible. Waiting in like two, three, four hour virtual lines, the ticket prices were 
out of this world. I mean, we've all been stressed out buying, trying to buy tickets before. But look, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. That's where game time comes in because it is so fast and it's a super easy way to buy tickets for all of the events that you might want to go to, whether it's sports games, whether it's concerts, whether it's comedy shows, whether it's you know theater premieres, whatever it might be, game time has got you covered. Plus, one of my favorite things about it, they've got killer deals on last minute tickets. I am guilty of it. I like to procrastinate, all right? I It, it is who I am. That's me. I'm not going to stop doing it, but I kind of get rewarded for that from the Game Time app with flash deals and last-minute tickets on the Game Time app. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has got you covered right up to the day of the event. Plus, the Game Time guarantee means that you will always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, then Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, thank you for making Locked In LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked In LSU, we will have a Mailbag Wednesday. So get those questions in. It can be Mississippi State game related, Arkansas game related, SEC as a whole related. Any questions that you might have about this LSU football program, the schedule coming up, Get those questions in, and I'll hit on those tomorrow. You can send those questions in on Twitter at CarolineFenton1 or at LSU, or feel free to just comment those below if you're watching on the YouTube page. So defense was fantastic. Chef's kiss, loved it, loved every minute of it. My defensive concerns have been alleviated a bit. I'm not going to say that I don't have any concerns about this team anymore. I'm not going to say that I'm no longer concerned about the slow start of it against scrambling, but I think it was a statement that that LSU defense made against an experienced SEC quarterback in Will Rogers, against an absolute bruiser and burner of a running back in Jaquavius Marks. And look, you gave up a big run, but for the most part, you were able to limit what Mississippi State wanted to do, whether it was on the ground or in the air. Um, and part of that is on Zach Garnett for switching up this offense. But still, it's an SEC West opponent. And you you beat them handedly on the road. I want to switch to something offensively as we're talking about you know the status of players. Brian Kelly made a bold decision to pull Will Campbell toward the end of the game. Got a little hot mic on the broadcast and um, covering this game, you start to become really good at reading lips. And in much nicer words, uh, Brian Kelly said, get me a new left tackle. He's already got four penalties. Um, So he did. He he pulled Will Campbell from the game. A A couple thoughts there. He kept the line the same just pulled Will Campbell and put in Emory Jones. Remember, Emory Jones was playing at right tackle, and then Lance Hurd got put in at right tackle. Um, Emory Jones was moved to right guard against Grambling, but in this case, he was not on the starting line. He was put in at left tackle. So I think that 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 shows me is 
if knock on wood, Will Campbell goes down with injury. He had the illness last year against Tennessee that you're not going to see a ton of shakeup on the line. Like you're not going to see Lance Hurd going over to the left side and Emory Jones coming in on the right side. What you're going to see is Emory Jones being plugged into that left tackle role. Um, so, you know, interesting to note moving forward that he is going to be, you know, your, I guess you could consider Emory Jones, your sixth man on the offensive line. Um, the decision was interesting. And look, I, I think it shows a few different things. Because Will Campbell had the false start penalty um, early in the game when LSU had to settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown. They were at fourth and one, false start, pushed back to fourth and six. They went ahead and kicked it, got three points. Um, and in the moment, that bugged me that they left four points on the field. But as we saw, you know, the four points was going to be okay. Um, but you can't do that moving forward because you're going to be playing in a lot closer games. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then there was the other penalty where every player on the offensive line got called for a false start. And then Will Campbell had a holding in there as well. Overall, it was a sloppy day and probably a few decisions and plays that Will Campbell wishes that he had back. And ultimately that cost him his spot on the line later on in the game. I think that shows that Brian Kelly you know, he practices what he preaches and he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care if you are number seven. If you're hurting the football team, you don't have a place on the field. Um, and look, he runs a, a tough ship. I, I want to have a team that is disciplined because, yes, LSU committed six penalties more than Mississippi State. It, it didn't hurt them in this game in terms of the scoreboard. But when you get into games that are a little bit more like shootouts, when you get into games where those five yards are so precious, five, 10, 15 yards, whatever they might be. You can't afford those pre-snap penalties. They are just drive killers. But here's my only caveat with that. You make that decision to pull your starting left tackle, who has been awarded the greatest honor, one of the greatest honors, one of the two greatest honors on this LSU football team and wearing the number seven. He is a leader on the field. He is a leader in the locker room. You make the decision to pull him. That is a defining moment. That is a precedent that you are setting. You made that decision when you were up, what, 34-7? What happens if, when, one of your starters has three or four penalties in another game, but you're down 17-14, but you're down... 48-45, I'm just throwing out hypothetical scores. When you're down in a really close game or when you're leading in a really, really close game and you've got about a quarter left to play, are you going to make that decision to pull that starter because of the penalties? And maybe he will. Maybe this is a precedent that Brian Kelly is setting no matter what the situation is. I just feel like, you know, maybe we're going down a rocky slope here, that once you set that precedent that this is a zero-tolerance policy for pre-snap penalties like that or for, you know, for just committing dumb penalties like that, are you going to hold everyone to that standard in every situation? Because let's say Malik Neighbors, for example, against Alabama, maybe Malik Neighbors gets called for a couple of penalties here and there, but he's having a really good game. Let's say he's got over 100 yards on the day in the fourth quarter. Are you going to pull him? And if you don't, aren't you sending a really weird message that, hey, you can commit penalties, but 
I'm not going to pull you if you're a good player in a close game. I'm only going to pull you if you're a good player in a not close game. So I, I would be, I would be a little cognizant of that moving forward. And if, and look, Brian Kelly's been doing this a really long time. Like he knows what he's doing. But I just hope it doesn't send the wrong message. But overall, I'm not worried about Will Campbell. I think he's going to be completely fine. Sometimes you just have an off day. It was a loud stadium. He, you know, a false start is, uh, while it hurts the team in that drive, a false start with the cowbells going, look, I get it. I understand it. It happens. I'm not mad at Will Campbell. You know, obviously, um, the the, uh, the final score would indicate that everything is going to be just okay. Um but yeah, I'm not worried about him moving forward. If this becomes a trend for him, then we can have that conversation. I just don't anticipate that being the case. I think it was just an off day, not the best day for him in terms of clean play. But that is going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU, a mailbag Wednesday. Get those questions in. We're locked on LSU.